guys, I'm really excited to be back with you on a brief session or talk I want to have with you guys on the angelic realm and, and angelic beings, angelic hosts that, that God uses as a really powerful protocol of heaven. You know, it's um, angels are mentioned over 273 times in the Bible. You know, sometimes as believers, especially a religious spirit can kind of make us want to stay away from this topic because it's like, you know, I've heard many people say, oh, no, just keep your eyes on Jesus, you know, don't focus on angels, you know, in fear of people getting deceived and things like this. But every time I've encountered the angelic realm or true angelic beings of light from the kingdom of God, it's always uh, increased my adoration to Jesus. It's always increased my love for God and my worship of the Lord, you know. So I just want to free you guys up to realize, you know, this is a very... Uh, powerful protocol of God and dimension of the kingdom that he wants to uh, come alongside and us cooperate with in fulfilling the purpose of God. And so a foundational verse for this is Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14. Uh, I'll read this. It says, Are angels not all ministering spirits? So that right there tells you, it gives you a very good indicator as what the role of an angel is or what their job is. They, they minister. They're ministering spirits. A lot of times we think they're just up in heaven worshiping, the God, worshiping God and before the throne and singing holy, holy, holy or what have you. But truly angels' main role is in the earth. It says, are they not all ministering spirits set out to serve those who are to inherit salvation? Meaning believers. So if, if you're listening to me and you're a believer... Uh, that right there shows you that you have an angel, at least one, sometimes even more assigned to your life specifically. Because the Bible is so clear. It says Hebrews chapter 1, verse 14, aren't angels, they're ministering spirits, sent out to assist those who are to inherit salvation. So if you're a believer, that means you're going to inherit salvation, and that means angels are sent to minister uh, to you and alongside you. And we even saw this in the life of uh, Jesus, you know, which to me all the more shows how much we need the angelic realm to be open in our life and to cooperate with the fullness of what God's got for us. Uh, you see this twice in Jesus' life. Once where he gets led by the Spirit into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights he fasts. And right towards the end, a lot of you know the story that Satan himself, the devil, comes to tempt Jesus. And the Lord's kind of in a battle with, with the enemy, you know. And once the devil leaves, because of the intense battle that the Lord was in, the Bible says an angel came to strengthen Jesus. So even angels can come minister to you and strengthen you. And another time in Jesus' life, and again, it's like, you know, if we're going to look at this angelic realm, you know, if Jesus, the flawless Lamb of God, needed angels in his ministry, how much more do we? So another time you see where Jesus is praying in the garden before he's about to go to the cross. So much so that the Bible says he began to sweat drops of blood. He was under so much pressure and stress of the sins of the world he was about to bear on the cross. And if you read closely again, it says an angel came and strengthened him, ministered to him. Again, before going to the cross, which opened up salvation for all of mankind, you see an angel also again in ministry. Um, you see, you know, where angels will, will come in dreams. I'll probably talk, talk on that a little bit later. 
But even Paul, they're on a ship before they get shipwrecked in, on the island of uh, Malta. You see it in the end of the book of Acts where Paul gets up and he tells that he foreknows what's going to happen. He tells everybody, look, uh, we're going to wreck, lose the ship, you know, grab something that you can float on because we're going to lose the ship, but nobody's going to die. And if you read closely, he says, an angel came to me in the night. This is how Paul knew this. So angels are messengers. They minister and they reveal messages. And so this is how Paul knew to prepare, you know. And um, so you just see the angelic realm all throughout over 270 times in Scripture throughout the Old and New Testament as being a very um, prominent function of the kingdom of God. You know, God has always used them as there's messenger angels. We'll go into some of that, uh, warring angels um, with Revelation. There's even angels over churches. If you look in Revelation, uh, Jesus calls John into an encounter. He says, John, come up here in the spirit. And then those seven churches, a lot of us read too fast through the book of Revelation, don't realize that John got caught up into such a realm of glory that Jesus is saying, John, write to the angel of the church of Philadelphia. Read it when you have time. Write to the angel of the church of Ephesus. Write to the angel of the church of Smyrna. So that shows you as well that angels are assigned to whole movements and works. And, um, you know, there would even be, I believe, an angel assigned to this ministry. I'm out here with Vision Norway and, and into the U.S. There's different churches and ministries that God will assign angels over the whole ministry. Um, you even see where they have angels over whole regions. And this applies to the dark side as well. And we don't focus a whole lot on that side, but it's good to know just in Scripture and how the kingdom of darkness versus the kingdom of light works and cooperates. You know, you see in Daniel chapter 10, where Daniel goes into a 21-day fast. He didn't know it was going to be 21 days, but he just prayed until the breakthrough came. And it, you know, uh, he fast 21 days. Finally, Gabriel, the angel, comes to Daniel. And he says, look, Daniel, since day one, your prayer was heard, but we were fighting against the prince of Greece and the prince of Persia. So these are angels on the dark side. You know, demons are just fallen angels. They were all angels at one time, and some of them fell off, just to give some scriptural background to this and a precedent for regional and, and levels of protocol in the angelic realm. But you see, even on the dark side, there was a prince, a high-level angel assigned over the whole nation of Greece, and a prince, a high-level angel assigned over the whole nation of Persia in that region. So Michael... The archangel on our side of the kingdom of God is a warring angel. You always see him connected with battle and war, whereas Gabriel is a messenger angel. You always see him come to Daniel with fresh revelation or a message, or to come and he came again at the proclamation of Jesus being born. He's a revelation messenger angel. And so they even have different purposes, you know. And this is so helpful when you start to encounter, and we're going to pray even in the interview after this, and believe during this set that God opens up the angelic realm in your life in a whole fresh new way. But even when you begin to see the angelic operate in your life, it, it usually is a mirror image of what your call is. So it's very powerful. Um, but you see the, the angels set up over regions, you know. And so Michael came, helped free up Gabriel, and he finally got to Daniel on, on day 21. But that's just also another nugget to let you know that there's personal angels that assist you. The Bible's very clear. There's angels over movements, churches, ministries, 
angels over regions, and there's different levels of, uh, of that protocol. And so uh, one of the foundational verses, one of the mascot verses, I believe in the Old Testament, that really has some key uh, nuggets you can pull out of it to show the function of the angelic realm is Genesis chapter 12, verse 28. Uh, I'm sorry, Genesis uh, chapter 28, verse 12. Just flip those. And um, it's when Jacob goes in, you know, uh, goes into a dream. We all know the story. He goes to lay his head upon a rock. And, and listen to this. It says, Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. And he came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. Taking one of the stones of that place, he put it under his head and laid down again in that place. Isn't it interesting that the scripture starts to mention that certain place over and over and over again? And this is also a great indicator at times to let you know that heaven can be stronger in certain regions that you can cause to be opened up by your prayer life and worship and adoration and living pure and holy before the Lord. You can cause your, your house or your secret place to be that place to where scripture even starts mentioning. You just see a great emphasis on that place before this encounter happens. Jacob left Beersheba and he came to a certain place. Taking one of the stones from that place, he said it, and he laid down in that place. Now watch, very next verse. And he dreamed, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and its top reached the heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending uh, on it. And then, obviously, the Lord stood at the top, and the encounter continues, but Jacob's blown away. He comes out of it and says, surely this is the house of God. You know, but in looking at this uh, passage, it's very ironic if you look closely. It says this dream he went into had a ladder set up on the earth, meaning its main function in place is in the earth, and its top reached the heavens. Then he says he saw angels first ascending, First he saw them going up, then he saw, saw them coming back down, meaning that their, their full role and function is in the earth. And so is the Holy Spirit. Obviously the Father is in heaven, Jesus rose again, he's in heaven, but he sent the Holy Spirit who now runs the angelic realm. And so that's also a good indicator that angels, they ascend into heaven to get the assignment, the commission, the call that would be to your personal life, your ministry, your region. And then they're sent out again, like Hebrews 1 says, aren't angels ministering spirits sent to assist those who inherit salvation? So it's, it's a powerful key nugget to realize that angels are in the earth. And, and we've had it happen in meetings where that veil will get thin and people can see into that other world. And angels are very, very real, very prominent and often near when the kingdom of God is in function and, and you know, uh, being fulfilled. And so Genesis chapter 28 verse 12 is a powerful verse that shows you the function and role of the angelic realm assigned and sent from heaven, but they, they, they work here in the earth. Um, also, John chapter 1 verse 51, Jesus says that you will see angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Isn't that ironic? He basically quoted Genesis 28 12. And I tell you, I'll, I'll share a similar encounter I had many years ago that to me was not only so powerful and marked me forever, but it opened up the angelic realm 
in my life. And since then, I, I haven't been able to shut it off, to be honest with you. And I pray even in sharing this encounter that it will increase and open up the angelic realm within your life as well and uh, for God's glory. So during this season, I was really seeking God in an exponential way. I had, had taken off of work for some time, had made a substantial amount of finances to sustain me and begin to really go after God in the secret place. And uh, one day, um, early in the morning, I was waiting upon the Lord from between 3 to 6 a.m. It's the fourth watch, just waiting. Uh, typically, I'll sit up on my headboard and, and just wait in silence for the Lord, and He'll come. You know, He'll begin to come in, in power and His presence and revelation. But this morning was really ironic, and this may be a little... Um, out there for some of you guys, but you know, we need to realize God's a God of the supernatural. He's the God that speaks through the burning bush to Moses, splits the sea, sends the angel of the Lord of hosts to, to Joshua. An angel was sent to Gideon in Judges chapter 6 to commission him. Um, it's all throughout scripture. So this per, uh, specific morning, I'm waiting on the Lord and all of a sudden I hear the doorknob to my bedroom begin to open. I could hear the doorknob turn and like someone was going to walk in my bedroom. And I hurried up, opened my eyes, and checked the door, and I was the only one in the house. So I thought, that is really strange. And it, it never did fully open, but I could hear the doorknob turn as though it was going to open. So I hurried up, checked the clock, and it was 5.39 in the morning, almost 6 o'clock. And so I was really baffled by this. I knew it was supernatural. I had had enough wonders happen in my life at this point, just supernatural signs that God would do like this to foretell of things and set up encounters. And so I began to really pray to God, what, you know, what does this mean? And he began to speak to me that on the fifth month, third day through the ninth, that whole week he wanted me to set apart in prayer with him that he was going to come into my life and come into the doorway of my life, so to speak, and encounter me. So that in, in the U.S., this was the fifth month of May, third day through the ninth. And so I remember I checked off that, that whole week to be with the Lord. And uh, I never forget the third day started. I was praying to God all day. I wasn't even answering phone calls, emails, nothing. I mean, I wasn't working. I was just totally shut off to the world. And sometimes I want to encourage you that God will draw you into these encounters. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And if you feel him wooing you and beginning to pull you away, I feel the presence of God now. He's setting you up for encounter. And you don't want to miss it. You don't want to be off busy in the mall or shopping or somewhere during a window. He's trying to encounter you. You want to be right where Jacob was at in that certain place and lay your head down in that place. And that's when heaven opens and it can be an encounter that will forever change your life. And this is what this was. And so uh, the fifth month, third day started, nothing happened. Fourth day, fifth day, sixth, seventh. I mean, the days are passing by. And to be honest with you, I'm getting discouraged. I'm thinking, man, you know, what's going on? I know God's supposed to encounter me. He spoke to me from that sign and wonder of my door. So it got all the way to the ninth day. And how many of you know sometimes God seems to be late, but he's always on time. And I'll never forget, I, I was praying that first half of the day of, on the ninth, the very last day. And I went to lay down to take a quick power nap because I would get up so early from 3 to 6 a.m. for prayer that you know, a little 15-minute power nap in the middle of the day would recharge for the rest of my day in prayer and what have you. So I went to just lay down. And I was, as I was just about to go to sleep, that same door on the fifth month, ninth day, from back when it had turned at 5.39 in the morning, about a month or two prior, uh, opened up into my room. 
And, and it was a full-out vision into heaven. It was Jacob's ladder. I could see it. It literally, my doorway turned into a stairway into the heavens. So in the natural, you normally would have seen my breakfast room, my kitchen, my living room through my door. But it was the most beautiful, to this day, hard to describe, pearly white stairway that went straight up into the heavens. Light literally filled my room. And it was Jacob's ladder encounter that, that was ha happening on this ninth day. And uh, it, was, it was quick but profound. And since that day, we began to, on a whole other level, start to experience the angelic realm. Angels coming in the night in dreams and revelation. Angels manifesting in meetings by signs and wonders, revelation, healings, and miracles. You even see an angel that would stir the pool of Bethesda for healing to flow. Uh, they're used in so many different facets and capacities of the kingdom. Um, but I'm here to tell you, one encounter like that can trigger a realm of heaven that is going to be made forever available, you know, within your life. And since then, it just has really increased um, over the years, the, the same type visionary experience that, that Jacob had. And so um, uh, a few, uh, another few practical things with the angelic realm, as you'll see, like I mentioned, they can even come to you in dreams. And don't be alarmed if... If they, if sometimes they come to you and look just like you, this, I've heard this all over the place and I've had this experience several times where my angel will come in a prophetic dream and they take on your likeness. They can look just like you because they become so one with your call. And you say, well, where's that in the Bible? This is in the book of Acts when Peter was locked up in jail and everybody was praying for Peter to get freed. And an angel, remember, an angel came and freed Peter from jail. This is another incident of the angelic realm. The, the Bible says, if you read closely, he came up and he didn't even touch the chains. The angel touched Peter and the chains fell off. They have a supernatural ability about them. They can do things that cannot be done in the natural. They come from the, the presence and power of God. And you can also see them glorified, which is how they look in the spirit. And that can be, to be honest with you, sobering. You see this happen in the Bible and the angels have to say, fear not, because you can be scared. I mean, they're supernatural beings. I've seen them before, you know, nine feet tall, probably look like they weighed three or 400 pounds, massive. And they, they can just be intimidating, but they'll say, fear not. I come from the presence of the Lord. You can also um, see them in human form. You know, the Bible says, uh, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 2, that beware of even, uh, even when you entertain strangers sometimes because they could be angels. And this has happened on many accounts where people will, you know, somebody will come in their life in a very meaningful way with a message quick or something like that, and they look away and look back and the person's gone. Uh, this recently happened to one of our worship leaders at a Glory Nights event. It's a conference we host down in Louisiana, and um, we host it all over the, the nation, but um, this one was in Louisiana. And sure enough, after this angel came on the streets that night, the glory hit so strong in, in the meeting and the power of God. And so, but how they can even take on your likeness is when Peter got freed from jail, and we all remember he goes to the house, and I think was it Rhoda or, or Dorcas goes to answer the door, and it's Peter there. The Bible says Peter just got freed, you know, from an angel. And they even walked by the centurion guard standing, meaning they were made invisible. The, the angels can do so many supernatural things that will assist with your life. And Peter comes to the door. It's Peter knocking. It's Peter's voice. It's Peter. And she goes to answer the door, and she immediately, her first statement is, oh, no, this must be Peter's angel. 
And, and often we read that passage as believers and, and, and criticize them for their doubt because they were just praying for Peter to be freed. And now that Peter's there, like they couldn't believe. But what I think is astounding about that in a key nugget in Scripture is they were so familiar with the angelic realm. It was so common in that day. But also they knew how the, your angel can take on your likeness. They become so one with your call. I'm, I've had it before where people, actually uh, a dear friend of mine in, in a ministry up in North Carolina, he texted me this morning saying my angel came to him last night with a very profound message about his call. I've had it where other people will see me in, in a meeting or something. Um, and, and usually it's your angel because they, can, they carry what you minister and it's needed in that, in that present time. And so uh, to me it's amazing, you know, if we were honest and somebody we know came to the door, our first reaction would not be, oh, it must be their angel. But that's how common it was and the mystery of the spirit that they knew. Their first reaction was, oh, that's Peter's angel. And so at times, I just want to let you know, if you see yourself in dreams bringing messages to yourself, often uh, can be angelic. Even people can see these things in the natural and even as, as you hear more of this and, and we share these type of stories, the encounters happen more. That which you reflect upon and meditate upon regarding the spirit will always increase. And so um, they'll come in dreams. They have revelation angels that will come strictly for messages. Um, there's one that will often come early in that fourth watch hour. And wonders happen. I probably won't go into a lot of that, but signs and wonders happen. And and when this one comes, I, I, you almost can't journal fast enough. It's just revelation gets unlocked. It's a messenger type angel. Um, and like I mentioned, Michael, you have warring angels that Michael strictly their role is to battle in the spirit. And you'll typically see um, intercessors that their prayers tie up and sync up with this type realm in the angelic to help battle and uh, really break through things in the spirit. You know, so... Um, healing. They just assist and minister in so many powerful ways. And so just want to encourage you guys in, in the angelic to be open to it, you know, because anything you close off to because of a religious spirit or, or fear, um, you know, often what it is, if we're honest, is the fear of, of deception. Religion does this. And so it stays away from some of these supernatural dimensions often because it's, it's like, you know, most people quote that, that verse of, you know, beware, even the elect could be deceived if it weren't so with false signs and wonders and things like this. But you've got to be careful because when you, whatever you fear, by default, you become submitted to. So if the core base of your heart is truly fearing deception, you'll actually become deceived and miss out on the truth of the spirit in the angelic realm, if that makes sense. But if your reverential fear is always trust in the Holy Spirit and his ways and the biblical truths that I just touched on some of them with you, you'll, you'll be safe and stay in truth and freedom and liberty of the Spirit, but also access the fullness, you know, of God. So I want to encourage you guys to believe for, pray for, and increase because, again, Hebrews 1 is so clear. They're ministering spirits sent to assist you. So God is wanting all of the body of Christ to flow with the fullness of what he's made available. Of course, we have the Holy Spirit. He actually directs the angelic realm, but I don't know about you. I want it all. I want the fire and power of the Holy Spirit, angelic assistance. I'm like, if Jesus needed them, how much more do we? So um, believe for that increase in dreams, signs and wonders, revelation to flow and increase. And, um, you know, God, I believe, will really increase his presence, power, and revelation within your life. In a, in a really powerful way. Um, and one last 
amazing scripture, Hebrews 1, 7, regarding angels is, it says, aren't my messengers, regarding angels, winds and flames of fire? And so something to watch too, we see it in meetings a lot where, you know, enough where there, there can be a wind that blows in a meeting or heat like fire. And so these are often sometimes real manifestations when the angelic realm comes in. As the scripture mentions, aren't my angels ministers, winds and flames of fire. And so watch for those manifestations as well in your home, the secret place, or in the public ministry setting. And, and uh, as God is glorified in and through you for his glory in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm.